The Burt Show. She's been dating a dude for a couple of months now, and this guy got her nothing for Christmas. We're going to get her on because she's wondering, all right, is it time to ditch this guy or not? So we'll do that in just one second. Man, I saw this clip yesterday, and it was going viral, and it broke my freaking heart. And I thought, all right, and Kristen was on the same page. Let's bring this thing in here because Cassie has fought um, this very thing that started when she was much, much younger and is very sensitive on as we all are, on how kids perceive themselves and how to deal with diet, nutrition. And there is one clip going viral right now, which is absolutely the wrong way to handle things. It's gross. It's terrible. And it's so sad. It was heartbreaking. Have you seen this or heard this, Cass? Mm-mm. So let me just set the tone for you. So it's a girl that looks like she's about nine years old. It's Christmas. About nine years old. And I think she's, she's definitely under 10 for definitely sure. Definitely under 10. And she's got two or three siblings with her at the same time, and everybody's been opening their presents. And the video is taken from the parents' perspective. And now it's focused on this one girl who has more weight on her as a nine year old than her siblings have. It's clear in the video, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the clip of her opening her present. What? What happened? What's in there? She told me she took this iPhone. It's an iPhone, dude? No, it's not an iPhone. Jada just gave you an iPhone. Yeah. I told So she's trying to be good about it. And she's saying, no, it's not something I wanted, but it's something that I needed. And her sister and brother, you can see they're appalled by the whole thing. So she opens up this present thinking that she's going to get, who knows what she thought she was going to get, opens it up and it's a slim tea. And you can see her trying to be good about it, saying it's something I need. And for those that don't know what slim tea is, it is a... Like a, a diet tea to help you lose weight. This girl's like nine years old, man. Wow. They're not healthy. It's non-FDA approved snake oil is what it is. And I mean, maybe this is controversial, but I feel like those parents need a visit from Child Protective Services because your kid is nine and you're giving her a non-FDA approved diet supplement. If a doctor recommends that your your child lose weight and that's a conversation that you've had with your doctor there are appropriate ways for doing that that's just appalling like that is i mean so many layers she thought she was getting an iphone she got a diet tea for a christmas present she's nine in front of her siblings while her parents filmed like it's just and they posted it's gross right and i don't understand why anyone would sit here and be like that's funny i'm this is a good idea and it's a great idea for me to post it in general but that girl's going to have messed mm-hmm. up eating habits for the rest of her life. Yeah, when you, because multiple outlets posted this video that has since gone viral. Um, and I do hate the fact that she's underage and her face is not like a blurred out because I don't think it's fair to put this little girl on blast um, because it's the parents that need to be put on blast. But you go into the comments and um, 
I think a, a majority of people agree. If your pediatrician tells you your child, uh, is, there's health concerns and your child needs to lose weight, that's not on your child. That's on you as a parent. Mm-hmm. And if, so, and and on top of that, to instill that in your to, to instill that into your daughter that this is the method to do it and then to obviously call her out in front of everybody. There's just so many things wrong with what they did in this video. If, if they think that this is appropriate, I can only imagine that this is a house that's making fat jokes at her, yeah. um, constantly guilting her for what she's eating. She's an eating disorder ready, waiting to happen. Well, you can see she already accepts it by saying this is something I need. Rather than getting upset about it, she's such a people pleaser. And let me tell you, as someone who did the special K diet when I was young, did slim fast in high school, and it backfired so badly, I almost failed a math exam because the pain in my abdomen was so bad I couldn't even walk down the stairs after. And I didn't tell anyone because there's such shame that comes around it. So she's going to have all these battles. She has no support network at all and she's being fed this narrative that she needs to lose weight and she is going to suffer in silence because of it. it it's heartbreaking. I, I don't know that I agree with you on sending child protective services over there uh, although I do think this is abusive to be honest with you. Oh yeah I know. Um, but I also think it comes from a place of ignorance for the parents and I don't know where they get the education. Um, They're getting it now. Uh, yeah I about to say hopefully, <laughs> yeah. hopefully from posting it. Yeah. I hope so. When I say send CPS I don't mean take the child out of the home. Mm-hmm. I just mean like talk to the parents and explain like Someone. This is unhealthy behavior and it is abusive and it's not conducive to a happy childhood, healthy home. 100%. The Burt Show. All right, so Annie here is wondering because her boyfriend didn't give her anything, anything for Christmas. Is this a guy she should ditch or date? Because he did nothing, nothing, nothing for Christmas, correct? Correct, correct. Yes, so I've been dating Ross for two months now. And, you know, it's been going really well. And we had, for the holidays, um, Christmas specifically, our plan um, was to meet each other on Christmas Day and spend, you know, Christmas Eve with our respective families. And I've been, frankly, overanalyzing the Christmas gifts. I ended up getting quite a few, and I was going to wait to decide which, like, set of gifts I was going to give him. So he recently lost his AirPods. So I got him... Um, a, set, a new pair of AirPods and uh, a monogrammed AirPod case from Etsy. So, like, together that was, like, $180. And then I was thinking, and I talked to some girlfriends, I was like, maybe that's, like, too big a present. And I was like, okay, I'll get him this other other thing as well. I, he, ne- he doesn't have any wine glasses at his house. Uh, so we're always, like, drinking out of, like, mason jars and, like, mugs. So I got him a, a nice set of wine glasses from Target and uh, a wine opener. Um, so on Christmas Day, we met back at his place, and um, I gave him, I decided to give him, like, the wine glasses and the, the, the wine opener and, like, just kind of see what he gave me. And he was like, oh, my God, you did not have to get me anything. That was so sweet of you. And he didn't get me anything. And I didn't really, like, push it, but I was kind of, I don't know, astounded at that. I don't know. We've been together two months, but it's, it hasn't necessarily been, like, like casual. Like, we've seen each other, like, three or four times a week. Like, it's, things have been going, you know, it's, it, 
I don't know, in a serious direction. Mm. So. All right, so we got two yeah. things to chew on here. Um, it seems to me, I mean, if, if I got to be 100 with you, if you guys have only been going out two months, you sort of went over the top for this dude. Well, she got two different. She was. She didn't give it all to him. She did the AirPods yeah. in the engraved case, and that was like, you know, one gift. And then she's like, maybe that's too much. So she got him a set of wine glasses and a wine key from Target. Mm-hmm. That was the gift she gave him. And it depends on like after two, because like two months can okay. be like a, like a handful of days for some people, and two months can be like you saw this person every single day for two months solid. So you're mm-hmm. you're pretty serious. So it wasn't the AirPods, yeah. also. No. Oh, okay. I got that twisted. Yeah. Okay. So she gave him the wine glasses and the wine key because that's what she decided to go with. She she and your your gut was right. Um, <laughs> you, <Yeah>. get, <laughs> you really would have been felt feeling pretty stupid if you'd given him the other one. Um, had there been any conversation about Christmas gifts? Like if you guys were going to exchange, obviously not. Well, there hadn't been, but since we decided to see each other on Christmas Day, yeah, I just assumed, which I guess why you don't assume things. But um, and and you're right. Like as far as like serious level, we have been seeing each other. Like it hasn't been just like one date a week. We've been seeing each other like. Some weeks, like, almost every day. Yeah. Um, you know, other weeks, like, three or four times a week. And we, we talk every day. So, um, yeah, right, I, mean, so, I thought it was, a, it was a big step that we were seeing each other, like, on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, day yeah. for sure. So you you made plans for Christmas Day. So since you're spending Christmas Day together, you're like, well, we'll probably exchange a gift. So, Mo, you're yeah. dating a woman for two months in the manner that she and Ross have been dating, right? Um, you're going to be spending Christmas Day together. Do you get her a gift? If we were dating to the point where we're seeing each other every day, speaking every day, like she's saying, then I would have got something. I definitely would have got something. And even if I didn't get something and then you did, I would have made up for it by getting you at least a New Year's gift. Mm-hmm. I would have done something to, to just to make up for the fact that you got me something and I didn't get you anything. Yeah, I feel like if your relationship is serious enough that you're spending Christmas Day together... You you should know to get somebody a gift. And yeah. it, I'm not saying you need to get somebody AirPods. I mean, we can debate back and forth whether or not it was too much of a gift. But the fact that he didn't get you anything at all tells me everything you need, I need to know about this guy. He feels like a man child to me. He, You're drinking wine out of mason jars. First of all, is it 2008? Like, <laughs> did his sister give him, to the, give him those? Like, what in the heck? And he, it feels very unconscientious to me that he didn't even think to get you a card Anything, yeah. I would ditch this guy. Yeah. I'm with Abby. Yep. Ditch, 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 ditch. ditch. We're all ditching? Ditch. Yeah. Get, out Get him out of there. Get out of here. <laughs> 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 Thank you. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. America Ferreira is addressing the one biggest complaint people had about the Barbie movie monologue. So a lot of people were really moved by it. They heard it and... um, I wooted. I have never wooted in a movie theater. And after that monologue by America Ferreira, I wooted. It might have been the two glasses of rosé, but I wooted. <laughs> People were applauding like mm-hmm. crazy in our theater. And if you haven't heard it yet, I'll play it for you in just a minute. But people are saying that it's, quote, oversimplifying feminism. So she was recently interviewed by the New York Times about, you know, the criticism that it kind of oversimplifies things. And America said, you know, we can know things and still need to hear them out loud. It can still be cathartic. If you are well-versed in feminism, then it might seem like an oversimplification. But there are entire countries that banned this film for a reason. To say that something that is maybe foundational or in some people's view, basic feminism, it isn't needed 
in an oversimplification. Assuming that everyone is on the same level of knowing and understanding the experience of womanhood is an oversimplification. I mean, for some, it may be stating the obvious, but sometimes the obvious needs to be stated. And not everybody has the same background. I mean, I've run into this so many times and it was the hardest lesson I had to learn is I'd say something that I've had like I've read up on, I just, it, it's common knowledge for me and not for somebody else. So yes, it might be an oversimplification, but like she said, some people just need to hear it and they don't have the same background and knowledge everyone else has. Well, it's like she said, there's something so cathartic about having a piece of art that puts what you feel into words that maybe you didn't have or, or came up with. Like, I feel that way about music. Whenever I hear a song that really resonates with me, is Taylor Swift isn't saying anything revolutionary, but the fact that it's to a beautiful piece of music and, you know, has good lyrics that feel like something I have felt but just didn't know how to say, it it's healing in a way. And to ask somebody to cover every single nuance of feminism mm -hmm. in a monologue, like, get out yeah. of here. Like, come on. I liked mm -hmm. the world so much better before we actually knew people's opinions. <laughs> oh, you and me both. I mean, dude, there's just too many. <laughs> Wait, yeah, you yeah, should have you, to earn public opinions. <laughs> you pay for it. It should be a monthly payment. <laughs> you do realize that that's what we do for a living. We give our yeah. opinions out every day on I'm the I'm tired air. of my own opinion, too. <laughs> yeah. Had enough of me. And we're professional opinion givers. Are it's we different. now? Yeah. Yeah. You get a paycheck, right? I, yeah, then I do. Then your opinion counts more than others. <laughs> there's, there's people on Facebook that would disagree. <laughs> well, speaking of movies, I saw one over the break that literally traumatized me. Have y'all seen Saltburn yet? No. Oh, y'all need to watch it. What is it? I keep seeing the headlines and people are talking about it. I still have no idea what it's about. Give us the premise and also I need you to break down what happened in the bathtub. Oh my God. And then tell what us how it happened in the bathtub. And then tell us how it ends. <laughs> so, the premise is it's about a university student. It's it's in England who becomes obsessed with another wealthy, or not another wealthy student, um, a student that is wealthy that goes to Oxford with him. And he invites him over to spend the summer at his family's estate, which is called Saltburn. And it's basically, I think it's based off of like, um, some people are saying it's sort of like the talented Mr. Ripley, which yeah, yeah, I haven't yeah. seen. Oh, that's and so movie. basically kind of turns the family inside out, but in really dark, weird, twisted ways. What happened in the bathtub? Uh, <laughs> don't, don't. It's going to be a spoiler. You don't want to do that. Well, no. I can divulge everything that does and does not happen in the bathtub on your next eBuzz on the Burt Show. Oh, well played. <laughs> right um, where is this show? Is this Netflix? It's free on Prime, which oh, I was, sure. it literally just came out. So I'm like, how is it free? But I watched it a couple of times because I didn't know what was happening at first. And then um, I couldn't get the scenes out of my head. <laughs> They're burned in there. <laughs> It's on the Birch Show. Oh, okay. next. Oh, that was my tease. That it's was your tease. That, that was, was my tease. That's coming up next hour. Okay. <laughs> the Birch Show. Cassie and I have some questions, and, and we're hoping this can be an honest and respectful conversation. <laughs> can you have one of the two? Do we honest? have to have both? Yes. We can do that. <laughs> We can try. As long as we try. That's all I ask. I'm just going to have a real problem with the respectful part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why I said it. I'm aware. All right. So Abby came on the air yesterday and dropped kind of a bombshell. Shocking. Shocking. I got a nose job. And I had the audacity to think that nobody was going to notice. <laughs> I thought it was going to take y'all a couple days to notice because I didn't do some extreme like scooped out pinchy pinchy nose job to where it was super obvious. And I'm also a little swollen. So I kind of wondered if it just kind of like looked like my old nose. And Kristen knew right away. <laughs> 
Just to reset, she walked in here. Mo and I had no idea. No No idea. And she also lied to us. So now I'm wondering, okay, if you can lie about that, what else can you lie about? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Everything. Um. (laughs) Abby had told us prior to our holiday break that she was going to Florida to see her family. And she's getting her wisdom teeth pulled. That way her family can, you know, help take care of her. It's a weird place to put wisdom teeth. (laughs) 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 But um, she came in yesterday and... Cassie and I both noticed something was different. Couldn't put my finger on it. Couldn't put my nose on it. But I knew something was different. And we have Mommy Chula in here. Yes. And who's a a DJ on Q99.7. And she recently joined us not long ago talking about her BBL, which was hilarious because Bert didn't even know what BBL stood for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thought it was Big Black Lady. No. (laughs) What? 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 Damn. That's what I thought it was. When you're answering like personal ads, I think. I thought people were looking for a BBL. Big Black Lady. That's what I thought that was. That's a BBL. What does BBL stand for? A Brazilian butt lift. Which you got yes. not that long ago. Right. I got it like six months ago almost. Okay, so Cassie and I were talking after the show and we're like, <laughs> what is proper plastic surgery etiquette? Because if you if you're doing something to yourself, um you're you're changing something that you want to you want it to be, I guess, in your eyes, better. And if you do that and nobody notices, <laughs> is that insulting? Or is it insulting if somebody points it out? Because I know some people don't like to disclose that they got plastic surgery. I, I've, been in, I've been endorsing a plastic surgeon for seven plus years. I love Dr. Elizabeth Whitaker at Atlanta Face and Body. I have zero issue with anybody who wants to do anything. Your body, your choice, whatever makes you happy. We're here a short period of time. Do what makes you happy, right? Mm-hmm. I do, however, feel like you need to be honest because I think people can get a distorted view of beauty and think that things are achievable when you have to like, that's fillers or that's injectables or that's plastic surgery. So I think like removing the stigma and just like embracing it would would benefit Everybody, right? So, so if Mommy Chula came in here and she was just talking about all the squats she does and <laughs> how she built this ass in the gym, you think like that's... That's that, false advertising. That's false advertising. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so our question was like, and you don't want to say like, oh my God, you look so good. Because then that infers that before you look like duty and that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't. So we were just, we were wondering about... Plastic surgery etiquette. So for Abby, who recently had a rhinoplasty, Mommy Chula, who had a BBL a couple Mm -hmm. months ago, Mm -hmm. what is your preference? I mean, for me, like in hindsight, I'm glad that you noticed. But also, I'm really happy with my results. I The reason I didn't come forth a couple of weeks ago and say, oh, by the way, like over break, I'm getting a nose job is because I was really worried about how I was going to feel if it didn't turn out how I wanted. Because the last thing you want to do is have to talk about something that's really difficult for you when I could imagine that'd be really traumatizing to constantly look in the mirror and be like I hate my face now Mm. but I think Mm. so from my perspective because I am happy with my results I think maybe the best way to go about it is I mean if you're really close friends with someone ask about it it's not a big deal but like for a co-worker for example I think just saying like oh you look really good today in my mind I'm gonna go okay Kristen knows and Mm. when I feel like I'm ready to talk about it 
I'll say something. Yeah, I thought, I said this yesterday also, is that we had a lot of days off here. And this job, as I've said before, is not hard. It's just taxing on the body, right? So when you get two weeks off and you're getting good sleep, the first day back, everybody looks great. (laughs) So I just thought that that, I mean, I could tell that there was something. I just thought that you you got great rest. Um, (laughs) So much of my nose strength. I didn't attribute it to your nose. And I did find myself, and I don't know if you were like this yesterday also, Mo, is that you said that it was so subtle and it was so subtle that he and I didn't notice mm. that I felt like I wasn't exactly sure what to say because I didn't want you to think that you had wasted money or that the different there wasn't such a difference that you wasted. So I... I was sort of conflicted on exactly what to, how to react. I felt the same exact way. That's why I said I almost felt like it was insulting to not notice. Like, I didn't know if, if that was a good thing that I did notice or bad. Or, like, how do you handle it after you, you say that you didn't? But, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the right thing I had do. to grow into that because I was so upset. My cousin got a BBL, too. And her BBL is big. Like, you could <laughs> tell, like, whoa, girl. But me, I got a skinny BBL. And so my butt is smaller. And I was so mad. Nobody noticed it my they were like I'm like why didn't you notice my butt it looks perkier it looks and she's right definitely my results are good I'm happy with it but if I hated my butt I definitely don't want anybody to say anything to me about it. Okay. But um, coming on here, I was like, oh, I don't know. I still haven't put my butt on social media. Like, I haven't said, oh, I got a BBL on social media. You haven't made it official on the Insta? No. I I don't know why. I just haven't because I'm still healing. Yeah. And now it's fluffing. So now my butt is soft again. Oh, it's fluffy. Oh, yeah. Hold on one sec. So what do you mean you're still healing? Because this was a while ago, right? Yeah. It's six months to a year is when you get the final results yeah so it's a long time so i I definitely would rather somebody have wait until i say something got it but i want you to also talk behind my back and tell me how good (laughs) (laughs) because that's what happened i went out to town and somebody was like yeah they were talking about your butt you you just and i was like yes Because I'm not getting stopped like, hey, girl, your butt looks good. And I don't want that necessarily because I feel like mine looks pretty natural. It fits my body. So that's what I wanted. But there is a little part of me that wants somebody to stop me and be like, yeah. Now I got a question. Uh How many people has looked at my butt since you've known I got a BBL? I, that's the first thing I looked at when you walked in studio. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's fluffed out very nicely. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I am wearing the, I wore these pants just for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I did not take advantage of it. I did not look, but on your way out, I will. <laughs> well, you, you felt me up last time, so you can yeah. feel it again if you want okay. to. <laughs> All right. So is it rude to mention it first? What we're saying is yes. Wait till the person who has gotten the procedure to bring it up. Um, is it rude not to notice or not to mention? We're saying no, that's not the case. Um, and is it rude to say it's great implying your before wasn't great? Um, in what way would you imply that it wasn't great? Well, just by saying like, oh my God, your nose looks amazing. Or oh. you look so good. Yeah. Does that mean that you didn't look good before? No. no. To me, that doesn't imply that anything was wrong with me because okay. like, I, I don't look back at my old self, quote unquote, and go, wow, I was so ugly. In fact, it's weird. Ever since I've gotten my nose job, I actually look back very fondly on my old nose because I'm like, oh my gosh, that was the character I had on my face. And I don't miss it. I don't, I'm not like mourning it. Like, oh, I wish I hadn't done it. But I think because I get to live with my new face now, I can appreciate my natural 
nose in a way. Yeah, and we spent a lot of money to do this. Yeah. To look better. Yeah. I, I hope want, it looks good. I, yeah, if it doesn't look better, I need to go find something. I'm going to go find my surgeon. It kind of sounds like the best way to do it because I'm not co- commenting on my coworkers, but even if I, you mm. got it and it's poking me in the eye, I'm not going to say <laughs> nothing. <laughs> but it kind of sounds like the way to go is just to, a general like, oh my God, you look great. And leave it at that. And then you know that I know that you had work done. But I'm not saying anything till you say it. But that way I'm still paying you a compliment. Is that right? Yeah, that's the only thing that people want from plastic surgery is, you know, improve self-confidence and to feel good about. They want other people to think that they look good. So by you just giving me the compliment, I've gotten what I wanted out of plastic surgery and, you know, Mm -hmm. my own self-fulfillment or whatever I wanted from it. Has anybody tried to shame either one of you guys on social media? They have, what they said. Well, when I told my girls that I was going to get it, you know, I understand with you not telling anybody, people try and talk you out of it. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't need it. It's not for you. And then I'm like, why can't I decide on my body? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, don't try and talk me out of it. If I want to go do it, I want to go do it. Don't tell me it's a waste of money. This is my money. Mm-hmm. Also, at the same same token, you don't want somebody to be like, God, finally. Because <laughs> 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 it would be messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Took you long enough. <laughs> my God. <laughs> I would feel bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so both of those bad. Yeah. So did you get out of this what you wanted? I really did. Okay, Thank you. Good. I think that I think that was educational for a lot of people who, because you, uh, you're the first person, Mommy Chula, I've uh-huh. ever known to get a BBL, uh-huh. and Abby, you're the first person I've ever known to get a rhinoplasty. Hey. Well, hey. Hey. High five across oh. the room, girl. <laughs> it's the Burt Show. If you listen to the Burt Show, you know we call romantic alone time piano playing. And if you want to get a little bit better at playing your music sheet between the sheets, the best way to get started is to go to adamandeve.com right now. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item plus free shipping and rush processing. And that's not all. When you select your one item, you'll also get a free kit that includes an item for him, a special toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. The kit includes six free movies for your viewing pleasure and Adam and Eve wants to make your life easy. They've got discreet shipping as your privacy is a priority plus 100% free shipping with rush processing on your entire order. Bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your piano playing room. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item, something adventurous or something you've always desired. Just enter code Abby, A-B-B-Y at checkout. That's Abby, A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount at adamandeve.com. Eating better is just one of the things that makes me feel better. And you know what also makes me feel better? Not having to clean up my kitchen when I just want to eat. This living alone thing is great until you realize you're responsible for all the cooking and cleaning around the apartment. And something that's been really helpful for me around mealtime is Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You've got over 35 different options to choose from each week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus and Keto. Each meal takes about two minutes to heat up and there's so many yummy options like pancakes, smoothies, and more. Also, you know I love an afternoon snack and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is also super flexible, so if you want to pause and skip for a couple of weeks, you can totally do that. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off. Get it? The Bird Show. So our phone screener, Amber, knew it was going to be tough. This was going to be a tough Christmas where they always say that um, after you lose a loved one, the firsts of anything are the toughest. Kristen has said this for years, right? I actually felt like the second year was harder. Really? Why is that? Yeah, because people are still um, still um, 
acknowledging and reaching out and like those first definitely hit different, but there's more. And, and I, I don't mean to say this to make you like Amber, like dread the future, but grief, <laughs> grief is just like, it's, it's a forever journey. Mm. Um, the second year was more finite. It was more, it was more like solidified. Like that, the first one, you're still almost in shock. Um, for, I mean, I was in shock for a while. No, I mean, you know, they're gone and it sucks not having them, but to go through it a second time and just knowing like, yeah, no, th- this is the way it's going to be. It's just, it's like a, a, a second gut punch. And for me, the, the, the second year of going through um, the, the, the milestones was rougher than the first. So you got that going for you next year, Amber. I'm yeah, so I, excited. I thought about not, I sincerely, I thought about not like correcting that and just going with it. And I was like, that would not be authentic. So tell us about the first one. Because you had um, lost your mom on what October, date? October 25th. October. Okay. Uh, literally like uh, five days before Halloween or six days before Halloween. Um, but I, that's something to think about, though. Um, one of the things that Thanksgiving was a little easier because Thanksgiving is not as big for us, well, for her, as Christmas was. Christmas was definitely her fave. I mean, she was the mom who was like, oh, let's let's decorate the inside of the house, the outside of the house directly after Thanksgiving. It's, it's you know, get your cousin and go out into the garage and pull out all the all the decorations that kind of sit in your living room for like three weeks before you actually do anything with them. Mm-hmm. But uh, she was the mom that made sure that all the stuff was done. All the Christmas gifts were already bought and wrapped up and all that stuff. She did the Christmas, all that stuff. So She was the magic behind the yes, holiday. Yes, she was. And I knew that. But then this Christmas, I really mm. knew that mm-hmm. because then it felt like it was up to me to do all that stuff. Because my dad, he's not like, you know, the decorations guy, you know, he's the his love language is I'm a feed you. You know, you want a sandwich? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can eat that. But I had to pull out the stuff and try to, you know, my, my cousin and I would put the mm. tree together and the tree was not the same because it's like all the ornaments that she would choose. Like I couldn't even find my first ornament I had as a baby. She always she kept keeps that. So I have no idea where it is. And so it was different because roles definitely had to switch. And I felt like I had to be my mom, mm. which is kind of weird. I mean, maybe that's something that a lot of uh, young women go through when their mom dies and they're in the house. You feel like, well, now it's my job to do the laundry. Now it's my job to clean the kitchen. Mm. Now it's my job to decorate the Christmas tree. And it may not be the truth, but that's what it feels like. So I had to just keep myself busy, but it was not easy. Yeah. That's a, that's a losing proposition there. Cause not only <laughs> are you trying to get through it, but you're trying to do it like your mom and yeah. nobody can do it like your mom. No so you're probably beating yourself up yeah. that that's not the way that mom did it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't try to cook anything special. So that's good. <laughs> I, I did, I did uh, purchase a D's nuts uh, <laughs> ornament for the Christmas tree. Nice. That's what you start. Just like mom would have. Just like mom would have. That's what but, you know, uh, Christmas w- was kind of hard. New Year's wasn't so much because I was pretty in need. I think I hit mm, you up. Yeah. I was pretty lit up. I you had know. a lot of wine. <laughs> yeah, uh, every excuse to be. Don't you, you worry know, about Because yeah. <laughs> that's another thing, too. Like, uh, like the New Year, for some reason, Christmas and Thanksgiving weren't mm. that difficult. But the, the New Year always is. Mm-hmm. It's it's. Hmm. It's very bitter because like, okay, so fresh starts, a new year, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it's also a reminder like, 
yeah, 2024 will just be another year that I don't have my dad. Mm. Yeah, I, I I will say this. I went to a New Year's Eve party uh, with my buddy. Hey, Tamika. And um, we went out there and uh, right, I think it was about right after the ball dropped and everybody does the cheering and all yeah. that stuff and the making out with people at midnight. <laughs> I, I No one even noticed I left. I walked out of the apartment and I sat on the floor in the hallway and I just... Yeah, yep, I get it. And these random, these two people came. I guess they're coming in from their party. They're like, at first I'm like, well, there's two white folks. I have to keep this clear. <laughs> and they're looking. And they look at me, and I look at them. They're like, uh, and to me, I'm thinking, who was this random black person sitting on the floor? <laughs> so I immediately speak first, so they know I'm not threatening. Happy New Year! You're sitting there <laughs> crying. <laughs> you're sitting there crying, and you think white people are like, oh, she's threatening right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even more so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She just robbed somebody. Yeah. Feels yeah. away. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I spoke to them first, and I told them. What it was and like oh yeah yeah and it was really nice but yeah you're right it it does feel like that but luckily for luckily I'm in a good space um well I'm gonna say mentally I'm still working on that but like my job wise coming here is not it's not a normal job you guys know that <laughs> it's a happy place to be so I'm very very lucky that I have to go to my old job after all this because I don't know <laughs> yeah Kristen do you want to tell her that the second New Year's is even worse and the third one is worse? <laughs> The fourth one that. gets exponentially worse for well, Pull downhill from here. Take the saturated knife and just... <laughs> Obviously, grief is a unique journey for everybody. And, you know, uh, in my adulthood, I never spent Thanksgiving and Christmas with my dad. There was always... that He was in Florida and I went to Kentucky with mm-hmm. my, you know, with my mom and my brother. I think there was like one year he came, um, but I always spent New Year's with him. Mm. Okay? So, because that's how we just... And so, there are certain days that are going to be... And for you, because your mom was such a beacon of joy at the Mm. holidays and she was the magic behind the holiday, Christmas is going to be a difficult year. So what I'm hoping for you in the years to come, instead of trying to replace your mom, try to find a way to honor your mom. Because it's not fair for you to put that, I'm not going to call it a burden because it's not a burden, but um, to put that stress on yourself to make things the way she made it. And maybe there's some things you do because it, it, it gives you the warm and fuzzies and it's going to remind you of her, but you're going to have to find a way to move forward with new traditions and a new normal for Christmas. I would like to say, damn it, I'm no, crying. It's okay. No, it, no <laughs> I mean, no, they, 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 this, this year first, no, this year first is really, really difficult. And I hope you know that we were, you know, all sending you love because, um, when you lose somebody that that's so so impactful on your life and that you love so dearly, this is not something like you're gonna. It's okay to cry. You don't need to apologize for crying because crying is just. I feel like when you when you cry over a person that you've lost, the the tears are just a way of expressing the love that you can't tell them. Yeah, mm. I love that lady. I want to say this for those listening. Um, my dad and my and myself. My mom told us what she wanted, and she told us, "Hey, and I, I think I texted you guys about it. We decided to plant a magnolia tree in mm-hmm. her honor in our backyard. It's gonna be, it's a little gem, so it gets about twenty five feet tall and I think about thirty feet wide. So we'll still have a backyard, thank God. But uh, that's what we decided to do because it's something that we can kind of watch grow mm-hmm. over the next uh, you know several years. So if anyone is looking for an idea of how to remember someone that has passed on, that's probably a good idea. That's Thanks. awesome. Thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Proud of you. Thank you. Love you. Got a lot of support right here. The Bird Show.
Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. If you still have family in town from the holidays and you've heard about this Saltburn movie on the TikTok that all the kids are talking about, <laughs> do not, for the love of God, turn it on while your family is in the room. I saw this movie over the holidays because everybody was talking about it. I knew I had to watch it. And I'm not saying I wish it hadn't, but some of those scenes are just incinerated in my memory. Who's one of the hot guys that's starring in it? Is Jacob Elordi. There you go. What's it called? Heartburn? Sideburn? Salt. <laughs> <laughs> just about really evil sideburns. It's no, it's sideburn. <laughs> is, it, is it a movie or things that are plaguing burn? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Saltburn, and a lot of people are comparing it to The Talented Mr. Ripley, a movie I have not seen, but I'll say for context and it's about a university student at Oxford who becomes obsessed with this really rich guy who also goes to his school and he invites him to spend a summer at their family's estate which is called Saltburn and so the rich guy invites the other Oxford student who's unknowingly obsessed with him to his family's estate yes and he kind of takes him in under the guise that he comes from some unfortunate circumstances so he kind of pities him in a way but they're really good friends Mm -hmm. for the most part until things happen And there are just so many scenes that try to convey this character's obsession with the rich guy that some people feel like they might have taken it a little bit too far because some of these scenes are incredibly graphic. And I'll try and describe these in as PG terms as possible. We're talking about sexually graphic? Yes. Okay. So there is a scene in which Jacob Elordi, who plays the rich guy, is in the bathtub of their shared bathroom. So it's sort of like a very rich, bougie Jack and Jill bathroom where the the poorer student is on one side and then Jacob Elordi, the rich guy, is on the other side. And they share oh, Jacob Elordi's the rich guy. Yes, Jacob okay. Elordi's the rich guy. So Jacob Elordi's character is in the bathtub and he has the door open and is just going to town on himself with his hand. Okay. And he <laughs> completes... That thing that he did. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes into the bathtub, okay. obviously, as, as physics works. First of all, this is pure <laughs> fiction. No dude is going to spend that much time and take a bath and take care of himself. That is a woman thing. That is so not he's a dude. in the bathtub? So I can't, I can't, I can't, even, bathtub. Buy, I can't even buy into that. That's a fair point. <laughs> With water? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, so then... <laughs> wait, 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 what? Wait, what? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it could be like champagne. I see what you're getting at, Chris. <laughs> That's nasty. He's swimming no. with the swimmers. <laughs> well, yeah. It's nasty when I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. It's in the empty yeah, but at least No, it's not. At least it's it's like, nice. wherever uh, it goes, it stays. Whereas in the water, it's just like... Wow. Now you've given me an idea if there's ever a tornado. Because isn't that where you're supposed to go? Yes. Okay. <laughs> now you have a way to pass the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to the, the sirens. Ain't that much time to pass. <laughs> <laughs> if this is going to be the last thing I do, <laughs> and I got to be in the tub. <laughs> and obviously these are spoilers. So anyway, Jacob's character completes his mission, gets out of the tub, and starts draining the water. And so he starts brushing his teeth. The poorer character comes in, starts brushing his teeth. Jacob, Jacob's character leaves the bathroom. Uh-huh. And the poorer character sees that there's still some water in the bathtub and as the little swimmers in the water are about to finish going down the drain, he gets in the bathtub and... No! 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 No!
sick bastard what? wrote that. An obsessed one, an emerald fennel. It was very, people are calling it genius, but it's it was genius. a little it was a, it was a little uncomfortable to watch. That to me wasn't the worst scene though. Everyone can't stop talking about that scene. In fact, people are making cocktails out of what? this scene. Well, we know it's kind of salt burn now. Oh, God, <laughs> there's like a martini recipe going around where people are like um, make, mixing a drink with like coconut milk and gin. And- <laughs> Wait, you want to have a salt burn So there's party. like a floater in there? There's a floater in there. <laughs> Cocktail indeed. Yes. Mo and I are so disturbed. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. No, oh, wait till I tell you about this scene. Okay. This All right. Can't wait. So, <laughs> and is it worse than that one? Yes. Okay. okay. I don't know. Cool. We, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Bert and Mo's assignment today is to watch that scene and no. film themselves no, as no. they watch. Abby, save it for bonus content. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's save that one for because honestly, okay. I'm just. It's gonna get super graphic. I mean, I. I we just, no. It's worse than that. No, we just started 2024. I don't want to lose our jobs already. Um, so if it's worse than what you just told us, let let's you tell yeah. us it during the bonus content. And if you would okay. like to sign up, go to thebirthshow.com/slash bonus bs, and you can hear Abby in detail. Describe another scene. I, I think you did a masterful job. Oh, you did. The first one, that. yes, was very masterful mm-hmm. for sure. But if That's you're saying this next one is worse, yeah, then yeah, maybe well, it's worse to watch. I don't know that it'd be worse. You know what? We'll go over in bonus. Okay. <laughs> okay, all right. For more stories, head to the Bird Show podcast on your favorite listening platform. The Bird Show. We call it Follow Up Thursday. We've got uh, storylines on the Bird Show that we haven't tied up into a nice little bow for you guys. So you're very good at reminding mm-hmm. us. Uh, and this one comes from Samantha Holdaway. And it says, hey, team, whatever happened to the lady who suspected that her husband was cheating after he had lost weight and was looking after his body? The War of the Roses was done, and he sent the roses to his work colleague, thanks team, from Samex. Um, so if you don't recall, Heidi and her husband decided to go on a health journey together to get in better shape. They changed their diet and started going to the gym more often. Her husband quickly saw results. Heidi was struggling with her journey. However, she noticed her husband quickly saw the results and started feeling better about himself. But this also led to a change in his behavior. Heidi noticed he'd spend more late nights uh, at work and constantly received calls from one of his coworkers. Heidi was worried he was having an affair, so we tested him with War of the Roses. Her husband ordered roses to be sent to the co-worker that Heidi was worried about. The note on the card said, loving every minute I get to spend with you. So what did Heidi do with said information? Did she ever confront her husband? Long story short, confronting him was like stepping into a tornado of emotions. He confessed, promised to end it, and we were on the brink of starting counseling to salvage what little was left of our relationship. One week after we started counseling, He hit me with the bombshell. Out of nowhere, he dropped the bomb that he no longer wanted to be married. It hit like a ton of bricks. And even though it's been like five months, I'm still wrapping my head around it. We're now neck deep in a painful divorce. I never imagined myself here. Being totally honest, I still don't want the divorce. Unfortunately, it's not up to me. As for his co-worker and their relationship, I have no idea if he really did end it. Also have no idea if he's still seeing her. I don't have much communication with him, and he's blocked me from all of his social media. I think the worst part of divorce is accepting that the person you thought was your quote-unquote safe place is now your biggest enemy. Mm-hmm. It makes you question everything mm-hmm. and everyone. So, I'm just taking it one day at a time, trying to find my footing again. Thanks for checking in. Damn. I know that sucks. I mean, your whole world just gets rocked and changes in about a minute. 
I can't imagine that. And that that line really hit me when you just don't know what to expect from anything or anyone. <laughs> yeah. That, I've been there before. That is a tough place to be. Yeah. And it rocks you to your core. Like you start distrusting everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like who can you trust? The, the one that got me is she goes accepting that the person you thought was your mm-hmm. safe place is now your biggest enemy. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, my heart breaks for her. <laughs> right. It's also the worst kind of rejection. Like the person who know, knew you the best and also was supposed to love you the most is just walking out one random day in therapy. Like ugh, my heart breaks for her. Hi, Katie. Hi, Bert. All right. So is this your sketchy job we're talking about <laughs> or somebody else's <laughs> sketchy job? Potentially, we could be talking no, about. No, this is someone else's sketchy job, potentially. And I need to know if you all think that things are too good to be true. <laughs> If you're ever offered something that, like my friend who was offered her dream job and she's trying to figure out what to do right now. So she has a job that she's been working at for about six years and she she enjoys it. She loves it. No real problem there where she works. However, recently she was uh, DM'd on LinkedIn. Uh, by some random woman who was like, hey, you know, we looked at your profile. We think you would be a great fit. We have a position here at our company and we would like you to come in and interview. How often does that happen on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. where like an employer searches you out rather than vice versa? I've never heard of it, but I don't use it often. Yeah, Quite a bit? It happens. Huh? Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of recruiters on LinkedIn, too. <clears> so if you're <throat> open to work on your profile or they just, they'll headhunt you as well. They'll look for certain keywords on your profile, which is why if you are job hunting, make sure your LinkedIn profile is updated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, of course, when she saw this, she was like, ah, that's kind of weird, but I'm going to do research into the company. Spam. Right. You think it's spam immediately. Mm-hmm. So she looks at the woman's profile and then she looks at the company. She's like, oh, this is a legit company. What's the harm in just going on the interview and just seeing? Because the position for the job is something that she's already, the field that she's already working in and something that she is interested in growing in too. So she went on the interview. Interview went well. Real building. Real building. Real people. Real people, (laughs) right? Yeah. So she's like, okay. They're like, we'll let you know how, you know, if we'll follow up or not. Like she didn't show up and she just pulled up to like an empty lot or something like that? Nope. Nope. Nobody jumped her as soon as she got out of the car? (laughs) Uh Nothing like that. So then they're like, hey. We liked you for the first interview. We want you to come do a second interview with more higher-ups. Oh, that Mm. seems legit. Right? So she's like, oh, second round of interviews? Now she's starting to get excited. She's like, okay, this could be more legit. Not as worried about it being a fake or sketchy company. They do an interview with her, and then like, we got one more interview for her, for you. So she goes through three interviews with this company. Damn, okay. And after her third interview, a couple of days later, they said, hey... So sorry. We're just going to hire within. But you did great. <laughs> After three interviews. After yeah. three interviews. Wow. <laughs> so she was kind of bummed out a little bit. Sure. She's starting to get excited. You think three interviews, I'm doing great. I'm on a roll. And then you tell me, sorry, we're going to hire someone within. She lets it go. A week or so later, that same hiring woman hits her up and says, hey, <laughs> I know what we said about that position. Oh, that we're going to hire from within. <laughs> but uh, that didn't work out. So we would actually like to hire you. Okay. For that position. Yeah. And then they list down what they're offering. And they're offering almost double her current salary of where she currently works. And they're willing to pay for her school for her to get her master's degree in this field that she's currently in. Mm -hmm. And like, hey, you have a week to accept this offer. Take it or leave it. And so she's trying to figure out, is this real? What does this mean? Because you you denied me and you double back. Something seems off about this. But... You're offering a really great, you know, package deal here. Mm. So she's torn on, does she accept this offer or does she go back to her current company? Because she loves where she's working now and tell them, hey, look, this is what this place is offering me. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do about it? I think you can do both. 
I think can go back to the company that she loves working for, tell them that there's an offer on the table, and if they match mm-hmm. it, great. If not, I don't even, my, I'm taking my ego right out of it. Okay, I was your second choice. I went through three interviews. You guys came around. I'm taking it. She can do both. Yeah, like, I'm not liking the way it went down, and I, I don't know if that's a reflection of the company or not, um, and their and their judgment, Uh but who who knows the circumstances of why the inside hire didn't work out? Mm-hmm. But maybe this is the universe's way of saying this job was actually meant for you. And so I, I'm like, Bert, you, I would take my ego out of it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care if I'm, you know, second choice or not. Now this has fallen into my lap. But I do think um, you have, you should give your current employer the option to match. Sure. Um, so one thing, if you have a position you create at a company and you want to hire someone within, you legally have to post the job and interview other candidates. So they may have already created the role for the person within the company and still legally had to go ahead and interview other candidates to prove the person in-house was the best for the job. For whatever reason, that person in-house might have been like, you know what, I don't want it. So they went, I think it's a great thing. And I think... People don't realize, too, you can make more money by leaving your job every couple of years and going to work Mm -hmm. for another company. You can, like, double your salary, just like you said. So it seems weird if you're thinking and, like, well, you go to a company, you work there a long time. Why are they offering double? But that's how companies Mm. do now. Instead of, like, investing in the talent that they have, they hire outside talent for even more money. So I would say if she loves where she's working, yeah, go ahead and approach your company. But know that... They're probably not going to match a double salary. That is a big jump. And she should leave and take the jump. I but, think she but, should take the risk. But, and I do want to get uh, Mo and Abby's opinion on this also. If she goes to the company and they said, we can't match that. That's way too much. They may say, but we can give you 50% of what the other company is giving you. And if she likes this job so much, she said she loves it here. Mm-hmm. And she can get a 50% raise out of it. Stay. Okay. I can't disagree with what's being said. I mean, to me, if if your friend was ultimately really happy with her first job, she probably wouldn't be looking for another, right? So maybe this really is the universe's way of pushing her in the right direction. And if the only thing I saw thought was sketchy was the fact that I wasn't their first choice, that doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. So many people have turned companies around and changed their lives by being the second choice at first, but then pr- showing up and proving to be that should have been the first. I would I would go ahead and take my ego out of it, too. Yeah, to me, this is best case scenario because you have a legit offer that you can bring to your employer and be like, hey, this is what they're going to pay me. They're even going to pay for my school. What can you offer me? And I know that 100% jump might seem like a lot, but I had a friend that found out that her male colleague was making double what she was making. She brought that information to them. They paid right up. So the only holdup for me with this job offer is if they're going to pay for my school, I mean, that's a pretty sweet deal. That would mm-hmm. be my only hang up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what she, she was just worried about how it happened and she felt like a sketchy and maybe it's possibly too good to be true, but she hasn't made a decision yet. She has one week to figure it out. So. Wow. She got a week. Yep. Okay. You're on The Burt Show. All right. I think at the end of the day, Meredith here just needs to vent. We talk about ghosting quite a bit, but usually it's ghosting a date. Something romantic. Something romantic. Although now I understand that people are ghosting interviews. They are ghosting their first day at work. (laughs) Or they are ghosting, they don't even quit. They just don't show up anymore. What we don't talk about is ghosting when it comes to school and not attendance. Hey, Meredith, good morning. You're on The Voice Disguiser. Good morning. Morning. Okay. So what area are we talking about ghosting here? So um, I am on the PTA board at my kid's school. And every year at the beginning of the school year, we have a list of people to sign up who want to volunteer at the school. And it's always this long, extensive list. And when it comes time for us to 
ask for volunteers for things. You know, we go through this list, we call people, suddenly nobody's available. And then the people who are available, and it's been really bad this year, will sign up and say that they're going to volunteer, and then the day of just not show up. (laughs) Wow. That's infuriating, man. Yeah, Yeah, and, mm. and it's like I understand, you know, Life happens. Kids get sick. You get sick. You know, maybe you had a something come up at work, and that's totally fine. But you have to let people know because we're relying on this help. Like, we're volunteers ourselves, you know, and we are relying on these parents who are saying they're going to come help us in order to do these things for the kids and for the school. And we can't get them done if we don't have the proper manpower to do them. I mean, I know for some parents, like, there's a certain parent you aspire to be, and then there's the parent you actually are, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you want to volunteer. Yes, yeah. Right. And so by putting your name down, you feel like you've done something, but actually you need to follow through in order for that to actually go on your permanent record of, of parenting. And I, I, I understand, Meredith, like, um, it, it's okay if you don't have time to do anything, just don't volunteer. Like if you don't, if you don't have the time, you don't have that. I, I totally get that. Um, but you can't fill a spot and say you're going to be there and then be an absolute no show. Meredith, if you do have a mom and you know, that pressure on moms is always there to volunteer and be the best. Um, so she signs up to volunteer and then realizes she's not going to have the time. What is the appropriate amount of time to give you to let you know that, okay, now she's not going to show, so I've got to fill that slot? I mean, really as soon as possible. You know what I mean? Like, if you know a couple days in advance, like, you know what, I may not be able to do this, let us know a couple days in advance. If it's not till the morning of, like, hey, my kid woke up sick, I'm not going to be able to make it today, that's fine. Just let us know as soon as possible because then we can start reaching out to people to try to fill that spot. I mean, we had a holiday shop right before the winter break and we have a very large school. It's like 1200 students and it's five days of holiday shop. That's a PTA puts on, like we run this 100%. And I had one morning where every single volunteer, I had five volunteers and every single one of them didn't show up. And then I, (laughs) I was completely by myself. And then I had one person who finally was came. She was like, sorry, I was running late, which was fine. I was like, thank God you're here. (laughs) You know, just, I need just bodies. And that's the thing is like, we can't do these things for the kids and we can't do these things without being properly staffed. It's like running a business almost. The PTA is, but it's all volunteer run. And then we have parents that are complaining about, well, why did this take so long? Or how come this didn't work out this way? I mean, it's well, because we didn't have the people there to help us do it, to make it run smoothly. Meredith, has the PTA sent out a newsletter to the parents letting them know like, Hey, we, we, we rely on our volunteers and anybody that is capable of helping great, but we're having an issue with no shows. If you aren't available, then, then please don't sign up. I mean, it's constant. It's constant. Like, Hey, we really need your help. (laughs) Hey, like we need volunteers for this. If you're signing up, please make sure to, you know, show up. If you can't show up, please let us know. Like every time we put out a sign up. Um, and, and that's the thing too, we're using sign up genius, which automatically sends them reminders 
about the event. Yeah, we do that too. This is such a losing proposition for the parents, at least in like the dating world. If you go somebody, there are a thousand bars and clubs, right? So maybe you're going to run into them or maybe you're not and it's going to be uncomfortable. If you're a parent at this school and you ghost, you're definitely going to run into the committee at some point. For sure. What if there was, so if people are signing up and not showing, what if it went on their permanent record and if they ghost three times, they're no allowed, they're they're no longer allowed to volunteer. I mean, I know that doesn't help you out with the volunteer situation, but. No, you got to do something yeah. to the kid. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the kid get kicked out of school. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say. Your child will be expelled if you don't show up with a holiday bake sale. Well, I was going to say, because I feel like when people just ghost because there's no consequences, yeah. I feel like at some point, like, when do you stop putting on these events if nobody's around to help? I honestly feel like that's when people would be self-motivated to put to volunteer and actually show up if the PTA just stopped doing things for the kids. Like, okay, well, we're not going to have the fall festival or whatever because no one shows up. Now, people might not be motivated to show up on their own terms just because, you know, they don't really care about helping other people, but they are sure <laughs> sure uh, wanting to make sure that their kid has a fun carnival to go to. Right. So I, I think it might come down to that. I agree with yeah, that, but I at mean, the same that- time, the, the school, that's where they get money. Uh, yeah. To, like, to buy <laughs> yeah. things for the school. Find them. Yeah. Find the parents. That's a good one. There you go, Meredith. Yeah, Hit find them. In them. Yep. Yeah. Well, we've we've even like done like, hey, incentive, like come and volunteer at this event, and you'll get, you know, like if you help out at our movie night, you'll get free pizza and uh and a drink for volunteering. You know, we've thrown out incentives out there, like come help at the book fair, and you get a ten percent discount on, uh, you know, at the book fair. And we still have people sign up and then not show up. Yeah, I mean, and it really yeah. like it got to a point where I was like in tears right before the winter break, and I I told the school I said if this continues I don't know if we can continue to do these things because I can't I'm one person and I can't do it by myself I said we might have to start canceling events and I might have to throw that out there that like hey this event will only work if we have people show up and if you're not if you're not showing up then we'll have to cancel the event Meredith we appreciate your time hopefully there's one mom there that can now hear like from the the other side and the perspective and she won't be bailing on you yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate you. It's Bircha. I still like your idea of finding okay. them. Yeah? Oh, that's a great idea. Hit them in the pockets. And if you want to give them incentive, like it shouldn't be like pizza. It should be those fairy sex books that oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, That would probably do. I will volunteer <laughs> if you give me those for free. You're on The Bircha. Show.